Hello and welcome to another installment of Frizz and the Grizz podcast. I am Trudeau, joined by my good buddy, D. Frizz. I'm glad you're still bringing the energy, my man. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Happy Monday, as we say every week. Glad to be here. Happy Monday. Glad to be here. Today is August 15th. I want to start off by saying, Darian, you broke Zach Wilson. You did it. Last week, you came on here with some hot takes. Zach Wilson's better than Mac Jones. He's better than, I don't even know, Patrick Mahomes. You had him as the yeah. quarterback ever. And then the, the very next week, falls uh, over like the, the, the curse of the commentary. You say it and it happens. Uh, wasn't anybody expecting it. It was a juke, non-contact. All he did was try to juke left. Thankfully, you know, at least what they're saying is it's not like season ending. It's just a huge setback. We'll get into that, obviously. Um, we talk about preseason football a little bit later, but yeah, man, that as soon as it happened, flood, phone flooded, ping, ping, ping <laughs> messages. So I appreciate you guys for listening. Like I said, talk to me on week six um, because we still got a whole lot of time left. I'm sticking with my predictions, but yeah, that that one that one hurt. Not gonna lie. Oh. I will say, like, it's a it's a blessing and a negative because here's the thing: like, you can go either way in this. He's hurt, so he could perform poorly. You know, he's going to miss some time. He's not going to be as prepared. But there's your there's your your my uh, out. your out is like, yeah. oh well, you know, my take would have been correct had he not hurt himself. He would have had time. We'll so, do that. You know, we'll not do that. I will yeah. not play the Baker Mayfield, you know, point of things where it's like, well, if he was healthy. You play the game, you get hurt. You know, you play ball just like, like I did. Like you play the game, you're out there. If you can play, if you play it at 50 cent, guess what? Give it a hundred. Uh, but if you don't perform, don't blame injuries. Don't say, well, I would have been able to do this. No, get on the field and do your job. So like, there's no sympathy for me. He, yeah. He's just got to get out there and do his, do his job. Well, you got to go talk some sense to those Tua people because they make an excuses left and right for Tua. He's hurt. They got battle line. Get, go talk to Miami and get them straight. No, there's no bad talk about Tua being hurt. Everybody just says he can't throw, which to me is... Oh, no, no. You don't know about Tua non. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I ain't no Dolphins fan. So, like, I, you're right. I don't hear I don't hear people talking about Tua and his injuries being an issue. I hear about them saying his arm is an issue. And for some reason, it's like when he would throw, you know, 60, 70-yard bombs at Alabama, and then he, does, he, doesn't in the, he doesn't do it in the NFL. It's like, oh, he can't throw. I don't understand it. Their offense was not meant for or needed for them to throw down the field, but we'll see this year. We'll see yeah. what Tyreek, we'll oh, see no, what like, they got now. There are hives of Twitter who will go to bat and kill people for Tua. So, like, you don't, you just haven't ventured that dark part of the internet. But as Darian already alluded to, we're going to talk a little football, NFL preseason one in the books. So, we have some takeaways for that. But today, we want to start with a different topic. Um, I think since we recorded, KD has come out and said pretty much fire the coach, fire the GM. That that happened. And then I guess today I saw that there's a report that he's contemplating if they don't change anything and he's not gone, he's just not playing any saying. So like it's getting ugly there in Brooklyn. We haven't talked about the situation also. I just kind of want to like throw it out to you, D, and like what is like your feel on everything that's going on here? I got a problem with the way Kevin Durant's like handling this or like not handling this. He's superstar one. If not the best, then the second one B best player in the NBA. Like you went to Brooklyn, you formed Brooklyn, right? Brooklyn was nothing, absolutely nothing. Had a hell of a team, a hell of a bench team. You know, they were all having fun doing the gritty and whatnot before he got there. You kicked literally everybody out. Not only that, but you forced the hand with the owner to be like, bring in, we're gonna, we're gonna come in here with Kyrie. We both want to get paid, right? So he got paid 
without playing a year because of the or I think portion of the year because of the year he came back from the Achilles, right? When he was in Golden State. Not only that, when they wanted another player, they got James Harden. All mm. right, cool. James Harden, I don't think they had enough time frame. I think they was 16 games together, something like that. <laughs> Barely two weeks, you know what I'm saying? If they got a bunch of back to backs, but like it didn't work out. And you can blame Kyrie and whatnot, but like he shipped him out of there. Got Ben Simmons. Like the owner is bending over backwards for him. He's the superstar. Like it, it's you should well, get over the fact of like I don't want these people here. Or I'm gone. Like be that guy now. Like we just saw Golden State win without him. Mm-hmm. Like that you got to do something. Like at the end of his career, at the end of his legacy, it's, you get the, the thing that that aggravates me. Is when I see super, we don't do baseball cards anymore. I'll let you, I'll get you to get you on the next point. There's no more baseball and basketball cards. I remember looking at like Michael Jordan cards, Chicago. I, don't Chicago, know, Chicago, I got Chicago, friends Chicago. Who, like, who seriously love those cards, man. Like, that's well, that's the game. Like, people, what make I'm saying sense. is on the back of them is dope when you see one player play with the same team. Oh, I got you. Like, KD is getting into that area where, like, if he's out, that's what five team, four teams in five years. Come on, man. Like, let's let's be real. You're a superstar. Like they should come to you, not vice versa. I feel like there's a lot of um, lots to unpack there. Like first of all, like the idea, like oh they don't like guys don't play in one spot anymore. Like I think that's a lot to blame for us, like the consumers of the sport, because we we go out there and be like, oh you don't got no rings, like you're a bum, you're a bum. Like you know what I mean? Like Chris Paul, like probably a top five point guard of all time. People were gonna hate on him because he has no NBA championships. So like that kind of mentality from the sports fan is kind of influencing people bouncing around to chase those rings. And then you mentioned James Harden. Um, I don't think KD wanted him out. It seems like the situation wasn't that Harden wanted out himself. I think there's like one common commonality with this whole situation. <laughs> it's the guy burning. Yeah, Cajun it's your lo- your long term contract guy that you chose last week. Yeah, so like I think the guy burning the sage is, is kind of the commonality here. It's a weird situation because like he's unhappy with the situation because they're really not left with a ton of like great. I don't want to say they're not winners, but they're just guys you don't want to build your franchise around and Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. Cause they're both kind of head cases or they're going to just cause locker room problems. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can see KD being there being miserable. But the problem with that is like, at least one of those guys is your dude. Like it was your, decision to do that tag tag up with him and at this point i'm just confused like what he really wants right because at first he said oh it's because Kyrie's not getting a long-term contract i just don't think that's how you treat players but is is it is it really that or does he just don't not want to be there anymore like if it's if it's the Kyrie thing just say that and stick to your point like that's my point but to say i want everyone fired now but to be fair here here's like the little uh third eye open on this one little conspiracy Mm -hmm. What if it really is just a long play to get Kyrie that extension? Because if he wants Sean Marks, the GM gone, and the coach gone, Steve Nash, you can replace them with puppets, essentially, whoever you handpick, and find a candidate that's going to pay Kyrie So to make your your boy happy, which would be bonkers if you're going through all this trouble just to make Mr. Bruce Burner, third eye guy, happy. It's just not worth it. So, like, at the end of the day, like, people still going to remember legacies. Like, that's – why do we think we still have this argument of Michael Jordan versus LeBron? Like, people got 20 years from now, our age group, when we're in our 50s, they're going to remember this this era right now of the change where people bounce around teams. And, I mean, I know Stephen A said it, but for KD, or for KD specifically, people are going to start to remember him for leaving Steph Curry. 
Like I don't know, man. Curry got another know. one without him. I think I think though in retrospect, like people who come along and start watching basketball, maybe like maybe they're like 10 years old now and like they become adults 20 years like from now, you know, 15, 20 years from now. I just think they'll think of KD as like, oh, he's got two rings. Cause we just all look all look at the numbers. So like, oh, the guy has two rings, one of the greatest scorers of all time. He'll still be thought of at this like highest of the highest level, like a top. 20 player regardless of like the mess he's made now like maybe for us who's living in this shit maybe mm-hmm. we look at it differently than someone who is the next generation of fan looking at the looking at just the pure numbers and like oh this guy was amazing like they don't have to be part of what we're living in now took kobe bryant eight years to shake that stigma everybody said it you only won championships when you were Shaq. like that but that's what he's them. flirting with no one remembers yeah, that i mean I mean, people will bring it I up mean, as a now because him. he passed away. Like, I think that's more of the thing that they won't talk on his name for it. But like, that was his thing is you couldn't win without Shaq. And like, I feel like that's going to follow KD now. If he keeps jumping the ship and he's not anchoring down to like have people come to him and him stay there to win a championship, it's going to be the same thing. I, I mean, I know I might be saying it. Curry's that guy. And as much as Durant did what he did in the finals to win those finals MVPs, like, Curry did it again without him. It, like it's the yeah. proof is in the pudding. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to beat a dead horse with it, but like that, that's how I feel about KD. I think he's just, he's stretching this out. I didn't think about the whole, you know, the long-term conspiracy theory that you just said, like if that's the play, Third eyes I just open, don't man. think that, that. Yeah. Like, I just don't feel like that's, that's right. But again, it's the NBA, it's a player's league. So like, that's, they, they run the ship, honestly, which it sucks. Unfortunately, I hate it, but I don't, I love giving the power to the players, but like they just got too much power. Yeah. No, like I'm I'm like I'm pro player empowerment. I just think that to be a six like to win a championship, right? I know everyone wants to get the best players, but you need to have a balance of like front office stability, making the little moves in the shadows and good players, right? So like even like when LeBron went to Miami, right? You had a great core of LeBron, Wade, and Chris Bosch. But around them was one of the best organizations in professional basketball in the Miami Heat and Pat Riley, like the Heat culture thing, right? It, it was amazing that he won when he went back to Cleveland because that was just peak LeBron doing his thing. And oh, yeah, <laughs> let's just Lakers. throw the team on my fucking shoulders. Yeah, in the Lakers situation, like, you know, they had the bubble helping them out and Anthony Davis finally had a healthy year. But I just think in general, even if you have the best players, you're going to have to have some stability to like make it to the promised land. If you look at all the teams that's won in the past years with the Bucks. Um, the Warriors had their run. The Celtics made a good run this year. All these teams have really good front office stability and not just the players. And the net situation just isn't attainable or tenable because they have one of the two pieces, right? They have the excellent players. Their, their front office, while I think they probably are good front office because I liked their direction prior to the, the KD and Kyrie mm-hmm. signing. I just think the front office has been neutered where they can't do anything without the approval of you know, KD. co co owner KD over here. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's a weird situation. I just, I don't know how this can end well for KD. Like, what's the one situation where people will be okay with like how this ends and we'll move on and be happy? Is it staying in Brooklyn or can he go somewhere else to a specific team and, and then things kind of like work itself out over time? If he goes to another team that's got another all NBA player, his legacy shot. He'll still go down as one of the best scorers of all time. Nobody will put him in the conversation of best players of all time because of it. It's just too many teams. It's too many. We're cha- people are changing. And I'm no LeBron defender, but we're already talking about this with LeBron. KD is not LeBron. 
You see what I'm saying? Like he, like it's it's a it's a lower tier player when it comes to their their whole overall core of work. So like to me, if he goes to another team that's got another All NBA player, that whole chasing rings thing, like it, I feel like it's gonna tarnish his entire his entire yeah. legacy. I mean, he is 33, right? So like he doesn't have many more years of of no. prime basketball left. Maybe like two at most. Because I mean, think about it, like two years ago, he had that bad Achilles injury, and we're surprised mm-hmm. he is where he is now. He's got to. To to like shake all this dust, he's got to like make it to the finals at least the next two years with without joining like this like a giant like powerful team already, right? Because that's the whole thing. Like everyone gave him shit for joining the the uh, Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess staying and working this out with the Nets is probably maybe the best situation for his legacy. But how about this one? Ready? This would be fun. Oh boy, young team on the up and up that's been just building. And have his draft picks for days. I want the LeBron redemption arc for KD. Go back to Oklahoma City with all young players. Imagine if he goes to OKC, right? Goes back to the team that drafted him, wins a title with them. All is forgiven, right? Like no Mm -hmm. one says anything bad about everybody will forget everything that happened. I don't see it happening because of the way he left OKC. Granted, LeBron. did a show like he was a college athlete and put on a hat. But I just don't, the way that people were like, he didn't leave on good terms. It was not a, Oh, like, you know, we tried our best and we couldn't give it for you. It was, you were up three, one and you blew it against golden state. Why are you leaving us? You know what I'm saying? So that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, all is forgiven if that ever did happen. Huge shot in the dark for it too. But it would like, be fun too. That would be a fun team. He he wouldn't. He you live long. Would what be they say too. Like well, he like there would be no one on his level there. Right. So like mm-hmm. if they won, it'd be like all him. Like you know what I mean. But they Absolutely. have a lot of good players. I I don't think it would happen. But just for like a redemption, like if if you want to write the perfect storyline for the NBA, because like I feel like the NBA is a very storyline driven league if you want to write the most perfect storyline he goes back to okc and wins one there or at least makes you know get make some relevant again make it to the eastern conference the western conference finals and people be like hey we got him back that would be it because and then by the time he's out of his prime people will be like hey he came back and he tried that would be like the 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 narrative for him yeah and i feel like the narrative on him switched so much recently because you remember just recently was it it was two years ago when they made it to the the semifin- semifinals against the 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 Milwaukee Bucks who went on to win the championship. Oh, with his foot. He carried that team. Ago. Like he yep. had no Kyrie, he had no James Harden. I mean, he had James Harden who could barely walk, and he took them, I think, to seven. And he almost, I mean, if he if his toe wasn't on the line for That's the three shot, dude, the whole league changed because he wears size thirteen and yeah. size twelve. Like, could you imagine everything if goes in? Like, do you, he's probably still thought of differently as like the beloved figure. It's crazy. Game of inches. They say it in football, but my goodness, would everything have changed if he had a smaller foot that just think about it. It's so weird. Yeah. And this just goes to show you, man, you never, never sign up to do anything with Kyrie. Because <laughs> Yeah. And you save uh, that topic for another day. You. Yeah. Well, hey, you chose him to go long term. I told him I just need the spark of the pan. I can't even remember who my long term. Oh, it was, it was, uh, it was Russie. Rusty, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna do his thing. Well, I was, but, I was more, more referring to, you know, you're a big Lakers fan. If people don't know, and and you know, your Lakers are flirting, sniffing around Kyrie. 
that's that's a trouble. But it, it is, but it's it's better at the the one and two than anything they got right now. So. No, I know. I think I'd take Rondo more. back. Like that's what <laughs> Rondo and Caruso. I don't want to get on the Lakers. Like I said, I championship happened. Yeah, two years in a bubble ago. So I'm happy. Just just let me let me die by my like in anger with how bad they're gonna be for the next ten years. I'm sure, but we'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more interesting storylines for the Lakers and the NBA as the season uh, unfolds. As the season gets close, like we're definitely itching and excited to talk basketball because I'm a huge basketball fan. I'm wearing a Timberwolves jersey right now. I know you love the Lakers, um, but (laughs) we did have a bunch of actual games played, even though they weren't, they didn't count for anything. We had a bunch of games this weekend, NFL preseason week one kicked off, right? I'm going to be honest in the front end. I'm not a big preseason week one guy because you barely see the ones, but you you actually went in and watched a, a good chunk of games. So, like, give me some of your assessments. Maybe we can talk about some of the stuff that you saw. Oh, what did you take away from up. one? Crack the <laughs> knuckles on this huh? one because as much as you said something about Zach Wilson and pl- plagued him with the injury, Trey Lance is that guy in San Francisco. It's preseason, right? Hear me out. Preseason. The, the, the pocket presence, again, everybody keeps saying he hasn't played enough games. You're still playing an NFL speed, right? And that toss that he had down the left sideline was an absolute dime, dropping the bucket. And you know who can't do that? Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, that's the problem is, Kate, is, I mean, is the 49. On. Look, man, it, let's, just, let's just see how it – go watch it. Go watch his drive. Saying, no, no, no. Um, that's not even like a, a Trey Lance. Hey, come on. That's a we're really like that's the bar. You're better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Congratulations. No, but the the difference is there's one person they, with what they had at Jimmy Garoppolo playing the quarterback. They still made it to the NFC championship. And he's part of the reason why they don't win. They were in a Super Bowl and he had a wide open wide receiver down the middle of the field. And he overthrew him by like 20 yards because he can't throw the ball downfield. Like that's Jimmy G in a nutshell. What Trey Lance is going to do is literally open up every part of that playbook that Kyle Shanahan is going to have. Kyle Shanahan is an incredible offensive coach. So he's going to scheme him to hit passes, get him in, you know, his comfort zone, these dink and dunk passes. But you know what people can't, you know, what they won't be able to defend is that 40-yard pass down the field that they weren't expecting because Jimmy G was in the backfield. Like now Lance is. Not only does he have, I think it was what, uh, air yards, like the highest air yards out of 50 attempts for quarterbacks. He had 10-plus yards. Jimmy Garoppolo was literally dinking and dumping at seven. So it's like that opens up your entire playbook. And this is just his arm. We're not even talking about his running threat. Like right now, he's pocket controlled. If something breaks down, he's dipping out. He's got the athletic ability to do that. I, I, I Like I said, it's week one. But as of right now, like I said last week, San Francisco got it right. Like Trey Lance is that guy. He's, he's To me, he's definitely going to have that big leap. He's going to make some stupid mistakes. He is a rookie technically because it's his first year, you know, the Patrick Mahomes treatment, but don't, 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 I guess shed an eye on them possibly making the NFC championship the same way that Patrick Mahomes did with the chiefs taking over an incredible team. I'm just going to say, Darian, please don't turn me into a Trey Lance hater. <laughs> like we're going down the road. You're going to ride. You're going to ride with him so hard. Down uh, the the whole way. The whole against him. way. That's fine. But, I got two numbers for you. Mm-hmm. Four, five. Yeah, he was four for five. He threw five passes. You're sure did. You're losing your mind right now. Hey, that one pass that was an absolute dime. 
Take him out. We've seen enough. That's it. That's it. That's the ball game. We don't need anything else from him. Get him out. Get Sudfield in there. Like, that's that's what they did. There's no need. All right. They're going to need to get more reps. So week two, week three. He we'll probably won't play. Week, yeah. I don't think he'll play this week. Week two is usually where they sit everybody. That's technically their starters. And then they'll play because there's only three preseason games now, right? Um, I, think, I, think I know there's the way. whole rule change. So, like, he'll play either all of week two or all of week three. But one of them he'll sit. There's a whole funkiness behind it because it's not that fourth game anymore. But that, that's me. That's how I feel. I, it might have been five passes. You might look at it that way. Or you can see out of those five passes that he threw, absolute darts, absolute dimes, turned into a 75-yard touchdown with the 50 of it being a bomb down the field. I, I think mean, it's a hell of a throw. Everyone ha- everyone has a series, so I'm not yeah, going to get okay. too excited. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to wait and see with, with Trano. I know they you got know. it right. <laughs> I mean, it seems like in comparison to these other guys that were drafted around him, they probably got it right. They they didn't get Zach Wilson, who we'll talk about that situation in a minute. You know, I mean, Mac Jones, maybe you can make a case for Mac Jones being the right pick over him. But then over there in the Bears, um, what's his face? I'm drawing a blank. Justin Fields. Justin Fields isn't looking too good. So maybe they made the right choice. Um, you know, speaking of like the Jets game, you, we talked the, right off the bat that you you cursed Zach Wilson. Um, he'll miss a few weeks, but yeah. I did like I did like some of the stuff out of that game. Um, in particular, I thought uh, Jalen Hurts looked really good. I I do like the Eagles as far as like what what they've shown so far. I think they're a sneaky team this year. I know people are not really talking about them. they were they were a decent team last year, but I think you're gonna see another year of progression with Hurts. And he was six of six. So like if you fall up with four for five, <laughs> six man. <laughs> you know hey man, I mean? he's got even more time under his belt too. Don't let me get on the Jalen Hurts train because yeah. that brother is starting to get the treatment of other quarterbacks that really get on my nerves the way that people talk about them. Um, but you know, if we're going to talk about that, that, that nah. Eagle, we you, don't talk talk about about you can go wherever you cool. want. I just want to mention, Jim no, Hurts. you're good. Um, I mean, just, the, the biggest thing about that, like I said, with the, with the Eagles jets, like that injury, it's going to set Zach back. Um, obviously like any type of injury to your meniscus, like that's not good. Uh, I know a couple of people that have hurt that, you know, that part of their knee, uh, Bowen Bruce, I think, was with it as well. So, like, thankfully, it's not an ACL, MCL, PCL. Like, you dodged a huge bullet because the season was over. They built that team to to benefit from the way that he plays quarterback, not uh, whoever the backup is. I know Mike White, I think, is the backup. He, was, he, had a, he had a game last year, though. He had a game last year. You remember that? The Mike White Yeah, game? one game. The Mike White game. Yeah, everybody's ready again, cooling them off, the fans and all that. Then the next week, nothing. Um, but, like, that's, that's the Jets, honestly, unfortunately. But... I think if he he's gonna miss a ton of reps, he's gonna miss a lot of playing time when it comes to just Here's, getting the familiarity with his team. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I said I was gonna say like, I think the biggest thing isn't as a negative for Zach Wilson. I think this might be a positive for Zach Wilson in a weird way. Hear me out on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Jets are heading towards a, a Tua situation with Zach Wilson because this is the situation that, that Tua's in. Right? He he gets drafted high. He's a, a big prospect. Comes in year one. I think he sat the first five games. I think he came in at game five at some point or game Forced six. Him in. Um, he played a couple games, and I think you saw they sat him again for a game or two, and they put um, Fitzpatrick in. So he he had kind of like a mixed first season. Season two last year, he's hurt for for a couple games, and they have on record one of the historically worst offensive lines ever for a team. So like it's really hard to assess like is his struggles due to the circumstances around him 
or is he just not what you thought he was? And I think we're heading that way with Zach Wilson, where year one, you can kind of write off because that team was so bad. And they've, they actually have added some kind of nice pieces around him offensively, but Mm -hmm. now he started the year injured. You know, you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. Are those injuries going to nag throughout the season? So I think in a weird way, it might be good for him because you might go into year three and the Jets are like, I still don't know if this guy's as good as we thought we were. We're going to have to ride it out another year. So I don't know. It's going to, with him, it's not cut and dry what he's going to be. And they're going to be patient because they spent second overall pick on him. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Because you've seen in the recent years, like, with the way that they structure the contracts for rookies now, it's more, you're more easy to move on from that quarterback. Like if you make a huge investment, you can move on quickly. And we've seen that before. We've seen the Cardinals do that recent years when they drafted, uh, I think it was Josh Rosen. And yeah, after one year, he was gone. Yeah, kind of literally the next year. Yeah. So like, I think he's buying himself some more time by weirdly not playing. Obviously, it's not good for his development, but... I think he got at this point, he's going to have to get another at least a third year to figure out what the heck's going on. True. But that also puts Salah. I can't remember. Say his Salah. Salah. I know. It's, yeah. That, that puts him on the hot seat for it. The coach is tied to the quarterback the same way that Cliff is tied to, Ky- to Kyler. Like, is is what Robert Salah is. Salah. I can't say. I think you might. I don't know who's pronouncing it right. I think we we're doing the right spelling. It's S A L A H. But I, I think. I like the way you say it. So keep going with Salah. Salah. Yeah, it's we'll very say that. the way you do it. Um, I <laughs> think <fair>. he's t- <laughs> he's tied to to Wilson. So like, if the organization sees Salah as a long term, like, all right, like you're building pieces. They dominated this past year's draft. So like, if they continue with that type of success with building their team, it's going to extend Wilson because you're t- the quarterback and the coach are tied together, especially when they come in together. But if he if he looks at it, he's like, I don't know if this is going to work out. Like that owner may also be like, well, I don't know if you're going to work out. Like, because if you're going to bring somebody else in now, I have to hopefully think that you get another three to four years to, to keep my organization afloat. So like, that's, it, it'll come down to the coaching. If, if they're, if they're going to use this year as like the, maybe not so peak year, let's wait till mm-hmm. next that it's going to start to get the, the coach on the hot seat for it. Man, I feel like we have done a disservice to our our watchers and listeners by talking like four minutes, five minutes of the Jets. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Get them out of here. Um, yeah. Another situation I was kind of interested in, I, I was following, were the Panthers and kind of how they would handle their quarterback situation. Like I said last week, I think it's pretty clear cut that Baker will be the starting quarterback week one. And it looks like that's what they're hinting based on how they rotated the guys in preseason game one. I thought he was okay. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. Uh, do you have any thoughts? Did you watch the game first of all at all? Yeah, I, it's weird that I, ha- that I have to, but like I will be watching a lot of Carolina oh. Panthers games. Uh, so like I was able to actually watch the like insider broadcast, like the sideline, you know, questions from the quarterbacks. Um, and you can tell that the organization is treating Baker completely different than they're they're treating um Sam, uh, Sam, just in the interview question. So like sideline, they go up to Baker and they're just very excited. Like, Hey, you came with the energy. You did X, Y, and Z. Um, like, this is what we were looking to get out of you. But like, what are we thinking about getting in the future? And like, he even said like, look, I'm here to play right now. Like, I don't want to talk about my past. I'm no longer a Brown. Like, this is what we want to do while we're doing, while I'm here with Carolina X, Y, and Z. And you can hear the like excitement with them. Right. And then they went and interviewed Sam Darnold and they were like, 
yeah, so it looks like, you know, you went two for four and you made a bad pass to the tight end. What's the deal with that? And he was just like, yeah, I, I mean, I made a bad pass. I don't want to uh, – and, like, he even started, like, thinking about he's going to blame somebody else. And then they were like, all right, we got to get back to the game. And, like, walked away. And I was just like, yeah, they, they're handing these keys over to Baker. Like, Matt Rule knows what he's doing. He knows what he had in in Sam when last year, dude, was come, came out hot, came out on fire, and then hit a wall. Yep. And never recovered from hitting that wall. So, like, you got to go, Baker. You, you have to. Yeah. It's weird because, like, you know who of those of the quarterbacks are that I, I low-key like the most? Like, I think Baker is probably – the most talented because uh you know his pedigree and and we know we, we kind of know what we've seen with sam darnold but i think did you just say it like pj pj, yeah. PJ is fun as hell man because his- see I'm, it's gonna bother me because like just just little things like that like instead of saying pj williams like like i know him because i actually PJ watch these damn panthers games but yeah he's fun to watch he little he's little fun. little dude that can you know move around and he has a decent well, his, arm his story is cool too because i think before he got his nfl shot he was in the XFL before it folded mm-hmm. the first, the, the second time. And he was, I think like the MVP candidate at the time, yeah. he was tearing up the XFL, got a chance in the NFL and he played, I don't know how many, I think he started a game at least last year. He played, he played a bunch of games last year for the Panthers and he's fun. He, I mean, he's not great. He's probably a career backup, but he's legit like a spark plug and he's yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. He's um. I think they had, like donned him or like quoted him as the Patrick Mahomes of the XFL, just an exciting player, no matter what. Uh, oh, hey, now, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, big shouts to Higgins Mr. In the, in the Mr. Chat. Higgins with uh, anything that talks about Jets or anything like that. He, um, he must be sad. We just we just covered the Jets for like five minutes. He, he must have missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I don't want to revisit it because, again, we we talk way too much about <laughs> You know, the team that plays in New Jersey, but they call themselves New Yorkers. Um, but yeah, that I think PJ Williams is again, he's like you said, you know, career backup, not somebody that you're gonna start on a day-to-day basis, but like somebody that you can plug in if somebody goes down. He'll keep your team afloat. He's not gonna get you to a championship. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like teams need those, and you could you could look at just snip it. You can look at the Patriots situation. If Mac Jones went down. Well, I'm just saying, if Mac Jones went down, who's their backup? They thought that it could have uh, been uh, Stidham. Was it yeah, Stidham? No, the other dude, old guy, um, that played oh, in Indianapolis. Ryan Hoyer. Yeah, like they He's thought that it was him, ever. and then it was like, oh my goodness, like we don't have a backup. Like you need a backup quarterback that keeps your team in in afloat till you get your starter back. I say something when you when you were talking about the Patriots just then when you started, I I was about to lose my mind because when you said. The Patriots and backups, and I was like, "Are you going to compare PJ Walker to Tom Brady right now?" <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be a hot take, man. Yeah, man, we'll save that one. If he has another great preseason game, you just might hear that come out from me. <laughs> All right, so you you watched? I watched zero preseason week one. Actually, I may have like had a game on for ten minutes in the background when I cooked dinner one night. But you've watched all the preseason football. Is there anything else you want to touch on from this week one slate? Uh, really quickly, and we can move on from it because I can't stand this team. And I said it last week Dallas. They are so annoying. Every year we go through this same stuff where they're ranked high, Vegas odds to make it to the NFC Championship, make it to the Super Bowl. Love Dak. Their team is going to have the same problems. Dude, they had 20 penalties. Was it 20? I think it was 20. I mean, 17. 
for 130 yards, it's preseason, right? Referees aren't trying to throw flags. It's preseason. You see what I'm saying? And you had 17 for 130. Like, you, it's the same stuff every year. McCarthy is not that guy. He never will be. And it's annoying that, like, now we got to dangle Sean Payton over the heads, you know, for the whole season. And it's like, look, man, get him out of there. You know what I'm saying? Like, revamp the same way that they used to play with that offensive line because this time management, Dink and Dunk, Prescott, Cowboys, they're going to lose. They're going to lose their window. It's Mm -hmm. closing. It's closing very fast. And they just paid Dak. So, like, do they still have the OC there? Because he was very highly touted. Um, I forget who it was. He used to be a previous uh, quarterback. Yeah. I believe he's still there. Again, I'm no Cowboys aficionado, but like, it's just, I just, I'm just sick of hearing it. And I'm, I'm, you heard it here. Like it's, it's something I believe. Actually, I'll save it. I'll save it just in case if it comes up as a topic, but the Cowboys, I'm telling you, it's like, oh, it's frustrating that America's team is on Fox. Like, I don't want to see them anymore, man. Like, it's just get over it. Oh, my goodness. Because I hate that every time when I turn on the 4 o'clock game, it's the Cowboys. Cowboys. Every time. Regardless of if they're 10 and 4 or they're 4 and 10, it's the Cowboys. I will say, like, um, watch them on Thanksgiving. Yeah, every year. With McCarthy, like, there's a reason why Green Bay let him go. They had. They have one of the best quarterbacks of his generation, and Aaron Rodgers, and to win one Super Bowl and to run such a vanilla offense with him is just an absolute shame. And I feel like having him over there in Dallas, you're seeing some of the same stuff again, right? It's not even just the offense; it's it's the time management. Oh yeah, discipline. Back at last year for that that. thought. Well, it just the discipline too. It follows where he goes. You have if you have a lackluster leader, you are going to have a lackluster team. It, it's just how it goes, and he's not that yeah. again. Recycled coaches that fail significantly, and then get big jobs like the Dallas Cowboys. There's just dudes like that. There's just uh, uh, Fisher from the from the Rams sticks out to me. Jeff Fisher. Just, Jeff Fisher stuck around out. for a while. Yeah. 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 Medi- mediocrity is best. And the weirdest thing about the situation was, do you remember how he got that job? Where was he before it? Was well, he, in, he was in the Rams before that, I believe. No, I, I'm sorry. I sorry to confuse you. I'm talking about uh, McCarthy. Like, what, oh. do you remember the situation leading up to him getting that job? Fresh my memory. He did like a he had like a sleepover at Jerry Jones the night before. <laughs> <laughs> no, sleeping bags. No, cut it out. I, I, I imagine him and Jerry Jones sitting in the living room, two o'clock in the morning, playing like Nintendo. Having chocolate milk with Monopoly like, on the table. Yeah, hey man, it's your move. Roll a seven, baby. He, oh he was just trying to butter God. that man up to get the job, and I think he's regretting it ever since. Yeah, Jerry Jones is also another guy that just that whole organization. Ugh, yeah. it, it's such a disappointment. I I won't go down the road of one championship in thirty years, but like that's like where they're headed. Like that's where they are. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like let's stop talking about them as America's team. Like they're not. Like as much as I hate to say it, like it was New England for a very long time. Like I don't want to see them on Fox. I don't want to see the. They weren't. They didn't have the same cultural relevance. Like New England was. We we lived in this area, so like we felt like it was bigger than it was. Like yes, they were the the Patriots were a very good dynasty team, but I don't think they have an impact like like the Cowboys do. Like you're listen, we live in. I live in New England now. I see people with Cowboys shit all the time. 
Yeah. Do you see people with Patriot stuff all around the country? No, but they travel. That's my point. My point is like there's there's the the Cowboys have such a big cultural impact. The Patriots were never able to to capture. I don't know why. I think yeah. maybe because the the players back in the day with the Cowboys were fun, right? They had some, off coat. Yeah, well, they had, they had a really <laughs> fun team, so maybe that's what it was. But yeah, I don't know. I I'm happy they stink and they have problems because I I like to see the Cowboys fans miserable. Yes, absolutely. And I have a couple of buddies that I do text whenever the Saints whoop the Cowboys ass, and I just love it. Um, the one thing that made me happy and kind of surprised with week one, the one thing I did follow was that the Jaguars fans were chanting at Deshaun Watson. Oh, my sick fuck. Yeah. I'm surprised because I thought of all places Jacksonville would let that fly. But, man, he's going to get some serious. It's going to follow him. It is. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Make sure your phone is not on, you know, loud if you're watching any type of highlight or low light involving Deshaun Watson for the whole season because that's going to follow him. So it was bad with Ben Roethlisberger. 15 years ago this is way there worse. wasn't yeah there was no social media i'm wondering if he's gonna get he's gonna get applauded in his home home stadium right in cleveland yes yeah they the, love because he's there. he's there yeah he like you can't you can't you can boo him um but as a quarter like as a fan it's like what have you had you know we all seen the jersey that's got 30 names on it for quarterbacks like he's your best out of any of them combined that has ever walked through cleveland so let's Let's I don't. It, keep, I don't envy their real. situation though, because it's gonna. It would be hard to be a Browns fan. It always is hard to be a Browns fan. Oh, yeah. It's not just this year, man. Don't make yeah. it sound like it's changed. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, so we covered a lot of preseason lot week of one. Obviously, not a ton of action, right? We don't have a lot of ones out there. Next week, I'm sure we'll have. Actually, we're gonna take a week off of actual hardcore, like on the field stuff. Next week, we're doing a fantasy football special. But I think the week after, we'll have preseason week three, which is great. Because then at that point, we can kind of recap, yep. you know, the totality of preseason going into week one. Last chance for you before we jump into the first is five. Are there any last comments you want to make on week one? No, I think it was a good brand of football that I was able to watch. Some of the games that I did get to see. Um, I'm ready for it to be the regular season. Um, but I, th- I think that was basically it. You know, I touched on the three t- points that I wanted to, but ready for week two ready for the regular season like at the end of the day yeah. just ready for the ready for the regular season we wanted some real football none yeah. of this preseason crap all right let's get it going the biggest segment in podcast <laughs> right now <laughs> segment on the streets is there most, most controversial for sure let's get to it prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history Let's rank some stuff with D. It's time for Frizz's five. Bang, baby. We had a hot start last week of Frizz's five. We had Darian's top five sports movies of all time. This week, the topic came in a little week, but man, well, a little late. I'm sorry. It was not a weak topic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But it was. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Let's do this. Darian. This week, what are we ranking? So, there will be no runner-ups, none of that. We're just going straight five. Top five cereal brands. And the way that I say it, let's go. Get them up there. The way that I say it is it's my five. It ain't your five. Starting off with number five, all right? 
Oh, this damn, you're coming I'm, hot. You're yeah. coming hot. No, again, no honorable mention. We're done with that. We played it out too much with all that description. Number five, Honeycomb. Honeycomb. Interesting number five. I feel like that would not make my top five. What's your case for Honeycomb? Honeycomb is a great cereal to just kick back and relax to. It's like one of those cereals when you're watching cartoons with the little ones. Mm. It's not very sugar flavored. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's kind of mellow. It's a little bit better than, let's say, like Wheaties or just regular Cheerios, not Honey Nut. Like it's a, it's not as sugar filled, so I'm not okay. expecting there to be like a, a giant jolt after eating it. It's just one of those relaxing so style cereals. Let me, me get you. Let me get straight. So you're factoring in your top five for top five cereals, the kind of the health effect of it as well. Everything encompassed with okay. eating the cereal itself. Oh, so, so the experience. Oh yeah, okay. we're, we're gonna right. we're gonna this hit everything with that. It's like I said, this is just five, baby. But number four coming in a great color. I see a great number two. Captain we're, we're, Crunch. We're on, what was that? Cap and Crunch. I have disagreement, but I'll hear you out. Cap and Crunch. We not talk about berries. We talk about the stuff that gets stuck at the top of your mouth. Great feeling, man, because you're sitting there and when you're trying to finish it. I don't know about you, but I it's 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 odd joys. Odd joys for me. Yeah, yeah. T again. He's NHL five is my you. top five. Hey, you got a okay? supporter. You have a supporter though. Someone's with yes, you in the sir. Hey, good crunch. Exactly. It, it, after right. a while, we'll dig into it again with other cereals. But like that for me, Captain Crunch is there. I like the way it tastes, obviously. And again, weird feelings because like when you're done eating, you think you're done, you still got some on your teeth. Mm. Look at that back there. It's like eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich. You think you're finished, but you're not because you still got some stuck in your teeth. Here's the thing, man. I think Captain Crunch is top five most overrated cereals of all. Time. Oh, oh man. I set you up on that one. Yeah, I was do ready you, for it with this. Do you value the top, the roof of your mouth at all? I mean, everybody eats pizza really fast and it burns the top of the mouth, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> if that's the logic, I guess so. <laughs> but man, if you finish a bowl of Captain Crunch, you're not bleeding from the roof of your mouth. Mm. You're not eating Captain Crunch. That's well, there's a bunch of people that would put other cereals in the top five, and it has that same effect. But we're on to number three, baby. Number right. three coming in hot. Apple Jacks. Man, I am worried about this list. There are so many cereals that are are missing so far that I would have them top five. Don't this is first matter. Five. This is mine. And Apple Jacks, it takes the cake. It it again, it just missed the top two. But it takes the cake for probably best tasting cereal milk. Like when you're done with Apple Jacks, it's just like, I, hey, I could I could pour a bowl, let it sit for 20 minutes, throw out the cereal, drink the milk. But the cereal itself is absolutely what, incredible. It's what's the, milk the number one cereal for the milk afterwards? I have an omni for the best cereals milk afterwards. Oh, I have two. For that's what I'm saying. It's it to me. It has the number one. That's the number one. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Cocoa Puffs. Oh, so the milk. I'm just saying the milk afterwards. You're right. Okay. You're drinking chocolate milk after you're done. Yeah, true. True. Number number two, which would be nine, my number one on my list, and I hope to God you're number one so we can be friends still. <laughs> <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch, the milk afterwards, is delightful. It's 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 not bad. It's not. Oh bad. man! So this is I'm I'm taken by that that response is not in your top ten. Well, well, top well yeah. They will again. It's, a, it's, All right. it's your list. It's the first exactly, exactly. But list. hey, yeah, look down there. My top <laughs> five. Uh, but yes, Apple Jacks is third. Number two, it is a heavy hitter mm. in all old heads like this type of cereal. Frosted Flakes. 
They are great. Tony the Tiger is that guy. Give me a bowl of Frosted Flakes any day of the week, any time of the day, morning, afternoon, and night. Frosted Flakes is that cereal, mm. but it's number two. All right. Well, man, I could, would not. I just vehemently disagree with this list so far. I'm hoping <laughs> number one, you would deem yourself, but we're here. Number one, your number one cereal of all time. Do you got a drum roll for this? Mm. If not, we'll we'll have to implement that moving forward. I don't have a drum roll right now. Don't worry I'll, about it. I'll don't get worry you about a drum roll for number one next week. How's that sound? Yeah, I like it. We'll move forward with it. You know, from from here on out. Number one, the best cereal of all time. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. My guy. My guy. Best cereal of all time. There is no cereal that compares. Again, I wasn't trying to give it away with what you were saying with the way it tastes. No. There there is no cereal that that puts everything together like a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. The actual taste of the cereal. The little bit of a sugar kick that you get to it. Again, the milk is still one one B for me. I like Apple Jacks better, but it's still one B, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're done, you literally could have another bowl right after it. You're like, that's is that it? Did it just end? It's amazing. Hold on a second. Let me like you have to get family sized because if you get regular, it's gone in three bowls. That's just <laughs> that's the way it is for me. So yes, that is that is that is number one for me. Absolutely, cinnamon toast crunch is the best cereal. Of all time, I'm with Jordan. Fruity Pebbles is the truth, man. Oh, See, I want to bring the... Fruity Pebbles point that actually runs very close to your number one cinnamon mm-hmm. toast crunch. Cinnamon toast crunch. If you have it sitting in milk for ten seconds or three minutes, it's not. It doesn't get bad. Like it's not oh. too soggy. The pebble cereals. If you have it, in it's gone. Milk, it's, <laughs> it's gone. Soggy. I just yeah. Can't. Not only that, but like you can't separate the milk from the cereal if you let it sit for too long. That's that's why that 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 fruity pebbles was not up there. Uh Captain Crunch Berries, same thing. Like you said, Cocoa Puffs, like you talk about like hurting the root of your mouth. Those Cocoa are Puffs, yeah, Cocoa Puffs and Reese's Puff cereal. Come on, man. Like when you're done, you like you said, you are bleeding. Like, I'm bleeding. good. Like, <laughs> I'm good. But yes, when it and, and hey, appreciate you, ATV, like frosted flakes, like I'm saying, it was not easy to to get one and two, but there's no, it's there's no competition. There's no competition for cinnamon toast crunch. Right the bush, the bush comment. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Frizz's five is the best segment because people get so fired up with whatever whatever the top five is. Especially That's what we are here cereal. for. Cereal is everyone can relate. I do have three. In my, I wrote down that I'm surprised didn't make your list. Mm-hmm. And they should be mentioned. Would they be? Let me ask you this: Would these be honorable mentions? Fruit Loops. I feel like everyone loves Fruit Loops. It's a classic. What, honorable mention. Oh, I didn't know if you're gonna go all three, but we'll, no, one by one. Yeah, Fruit yeah. Loops. Um, yes and no. It's it's there. It 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 compares to Apple Jacks, but it's like it's like when you get Frosted Flakes and when you get Frosted Corn. Like that, to me, like that's you go to Walmart and you can't afford Frosted Flakes, so you get you know Frosted Corn, you know whatever they call it as the knockoff. That's what I think. You know, Fruit Loops are to me because of how much of a high I put Apple Jacks on. Like I just can't yeah. have it because it's like a secondary. That's straight. And then, all right, my other one, I think this one's probably the lowest of the three I wrote down. Tricks, solid cereal. I feel like it's loved by the kids. They um, they got rid of a lot of the the flavors and tricks. I think they got rid of like the bananas. Huh. Oh, by the way, they... I learned this a couple weeks ago. Speaking of Fruit Loops, 
Did you know all of the colors are the same flavor? Yes. I did not know that. Fun fact um, for you guys out there, all the colors, there's no different flavors. It's all the same. Another curveball with what kind similar to what you just said. And I, I can't do the science behind it. All Skittles are the same besides lime green. Oh no, you just ruined Skittles for me, man. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and do a taste test and try to differentiate the difference between them. Other than the green, I think it's lime green is the only one that actually has a flavor. But your mind associates the taste with the with color the Skittle that you're eating. Yeah. You see red and you're like, oh, it's fruit punch. Hell no, yeah. or cherry. Nah, they're all the same. <laughs> all right. The last one I feel like is one of the most popular cereals. Didn't even make your, your list, your top five. I'm hoping it's outside looking in. Lucky Charms. Nope. Heart Stars and Horseshoes, Clovers Not, and Blue Moons. Oh, no. Nah. You, ne you never, as a kid, like, I don't like marshmallow. digging for the marshmallows nope. in the bag. Like, that's, I don't like that's marshmallow. And I don't like marshmallow in my cereal. No, thank you. No, sorry. I'm not a marshmallow guy. I don't eat s'mores. I don't eat marshmallow on top of hot cocoa. So, yeah. like, maybe that's the reason why. It's but, too like, soft. Marshmallow. <laughs> yeah. Ba yeah. Baby soft. Marshmallowy. <laughs> I know a bunch of people have heard me say that when I talk about basketball. Um, but no, I don't I don't like marshmallows. So now that would not be in my honorable mention, unfortunately. Tricks, again, they got rid of a lot of the flavors. Um, that is a lot of flavor that's like all in one bite. Um, but your uh, what did you say the other one was? Uh, fruity uh fruit loops. Fruit loops, it might be there, but it's just like I said, it, to me, it's the baby, baby brother of of Apple Jacks. I feel like we found a topic that all of America can get it kicking get into. <laughs> I don't care where your background is, you love cereal, you want to debate us. That was fun. All right, let's get into our last topic. Um, we'll have a little game to end the end the show. We have like what 10, 15 minutes left. So we'll see how far we get through this. A new segment called Takes from a Hat. Hmm. It's a play on if you ever watched Whose Line It Anyways, Whose Line Is It Anyways, uh, scenes from a hat where you get randomly assigned a scene, you have to act it out. Takes from a hat is kind of differently, kind of different. We have several sports takes, and they're all arguably terrible takes. Right? <laughs> They are takes you would never defend in real life. Maybe you have a weird friend who vaguely watches basketball and says some random shit. Well, these are his takes right here in this cup. <laughs> so I'm going to draw them randomly. Uh, Darren, you can go first. Basically, you're going to have to defend whatever take comes out of this, and I will argue against it. Are oh you ready? Boy. Absolutely. Let's get it. All right. So your first take. Oh, you are happy about this one. Let's Your go. First take is that Eli Manning is definitely a Hall of Famer. Let's go. Let me rip off some stats for you, all right? And it doesn't matter about the regular season. Nobody cares about regular season stats. Playoff, right? In the two runs that they won their championships, just the first one, when they knocked off, who was it? Help me, New England fans. There was some team that was undefeated, right? Hey, so you're trying to make a you're trying to make a take. For oh, you're just being facetious. The play, now. yes, the playoffs. All right. Not only I think that year in 2007, he knocked off on the road Tampa, Dallas, and Green Bay on the road. While he's you know while he did that, I think he was throwing six touchdowns, one pick, QBR 95, percentage 60. percent Like he did his thing when when the when the time mattered. Granted, mm -hmm. he had a great defense, but he showed up and made those passes. When he threw the ball to David Tyree, that, they say that people have a Heisman moment. Like, that's a Super Bowl MVP moment. Get off me, Seymour. Get off me, McGinnis. Let me roll out whoever was playing for the Patriots, and let me launch this downfield and make one of the best throws in Super Bowl history. And then mm -hmm. followed it up with throwing the ball to Plaxico Burris because he looked over and was like, you're going to play man? 
I got a six four <laughs> wide receiver that can not only out jump everybody, but this is before he shot his leg. Like I'm tossing that into the corner, touchdown. Simple. Like he showed up. Dude had balls of steel. You might have the stone face. That's whatever. the shot clock. You, you gotta respect that's the shot me. clock. That's fine, but that's that's my Eli take. He's hundred percent a Hall of Famer. My favorite grave. thing is that you're like Eli Manning. Look at the playoffs. The the regular season doesn't matter. <laughs> and you mentioned two playoff runs, but he made it more than two. And you you didn't mention the other playoff runs. And I doesn't matter. Why. Doesn't because matter. It's the, the two that led to a championship. Let's see. Four other times lost in the first round. <laughs> and I think he combined four. Let's see. Four interceptions, six interceptions, seven interceptions, and three touchdowns in those other games. So if you want to take his playoff resume as a reason why he belongs in the Hall of Fame, I don't love that point. And then furthermore, so he has two Championships. championships. Which, I mean, if we're going to be honest, wins are not a quarterback stat. It's a team game. You got to shout out to your defense, oh your offensive goodness. line, the other guys around you. Yeah. Regular season, if you want to count wins, I think he's 500, Absolutely. very average. And he his, his touchdown court, uh, interception ratio is, is a smidge over 500. He's what? Let's see. I think it was 344, 366 touchdowns to 244 interceptions. So, Kind yeah. of uh, an okay quarterback. He's not the sure. worst. Okay. He happened to luck himself in the two Super Bowls. Doesn't make you halt. Maybe he's a basketball Hall of Famer because everyone mm-hmm. gets into that one. You know who's in the Hall of Famer so with awful stats? Joe Joe Namath. Broadway Joe. The game's give, different. Give me, back give me, I don't care. I do not care. You want to talk about a, a play? We can go on to the next one. But a player that rode the, rode the team wave to deliver one championship? Give me a break. Like, he did it twice. All right. Well, well, hey, they said it in the chat. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Hey, Flacco did it once. Eli did it twice to two of the best teams that were assembled. Neither of them Hall of Famers. Uh, no, Flacco was not a Hall of Famer. That's not even a topic. That's not even a yeah. hot subject. Flacco's not even close to it. He barely was elite at the time. We got well, lucky that the we'll, Broncos we'll didn't know how to play chat. defense. They can, they can comment if they you've swayed their mind. And Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. You you were hey. fired up about that one. I'm glad you had that one because you you wanted that one so bad. Yes, 90% of this chat is from New England. So you know damn well they're gonna say that they're not that he's not a Hall of Famer. Give me a break. Yeah, <laughs> and I do want to say for the chat that are, you guys are the judge, jury, and all that stuff. I want you to not judge this based on your personal opinion, but did Darian or myself sway you enough with our argument of our bad take? Um, you know, to you, to you change your opinion. All right. Oh, good. Next, My first one is that Russell Westbrook was a good signing for the Lakers. Good luck. (laughs) Now I would say this. He, while he took a lot of crap this year, I want to say, if you look at his career numbers compared to what he did this year, statistically, it's about the same field goal percentage, which everyone wanted to call him Westbrook this year because he was just bricking shots. His year last year, he shot 44.4% from the field above his career average. Points a little down, but you, I mean, LeBron was going for a scoring title, so you're not going to get all that production. Look across the board, rebounds matched his career average, assist almost at the career average. He averaged, let's see, 18.5, 7.4. 7.1. That's what you get him to do, right? 
And for me, I feel like all the crap he's getting is just because of the Lakers record, which you could blame more on AD than anyone. It's just very convenient that the new guy is taking all of the crap. And I think he was the right signing for the Lakers because he's taking the pressure off LeBron carrying the ball. And it was a good signing because who else were they going to get? They wanted to get, um, what's his face? Buddy healed. Great. You have another stand up three point shooter. It's not going to change your fortune that much. So to me, it was a good signing and you're just playing the outcome with the record win and loss. Mm, incorrect. Yes. As a Lakers fan, I'm glad you got this one because if you go off of the stats, you clearly don't have the eye test and you can see that his field goal percentage, his shooting percentage, his turnovers. Yeah. The same that he did his entire career. But you know what was awful when he was in while he's in L.A. is the timing behind all of them. Anybody can go in the first quarter and shoot three for three, hit a layup, hit a jump shot. Guess what? He's got six. He's got nine points, a couple free throws. It was those third and fourth quarter turnovers. It was those third and fourth quarter terrible decisions to pull up and shoot a jump shot. You got 10 seconds on the on the shot clock. Russell Westbrook was dribbling it out like he was in OKC and maybe passing it to somebody in the corner or trying to force a jump shot. Like, give me a break with that, man. Like, the people that they missed out on it, you mentioned Buddy Heald. They missed out on re-signing J- uh, Caruso, and they missed out on signing, I think it was re-signing Rondo. An actual point guard, somebody that's going to get your team over the hump or play defense. Russell Westbrook is just going to make it harder for your team to play defense because he doesn't hustle. Yeah, he's going to do his thing to get his triple-double, the fake stat, the fake triple-double that everybody get, wants to give him credit for. Granted. He did it for two seasons. I'll give him credit with that. But, like, he's not in OKC anymore. The expectation is for you to win. And when it's the fourth quarter, when it's crunch time, if you can't trust somebody okay. to hit a jump shot or make the right pass, miss me with it being a great signing because he's not out there for defense either. Because you're saying, oh, well, you're you're expected to win now that you're with the Lakers. Yes. He, he was not signed, or he, he was not signed. He was traded for. He was not brought in to be the number one scorer and carry that team. LeBron's supposed to be the number one. AD's supposed to be the two. West's supposed to be the three. So you're putting him in an unwinnable situation where at nights he had to be the number one option. Of course, it's not going to go well. It's co- it's so like to to put him in a situation where he was bound to lose and say, "This is your fault. This was a bad signing." It's it's unrealistic and unfair. Yeah, man. I'll, I'm gonna let you end on that one because again, this is your <laughs> argument. This, this isn't mine to make because I'm going against a Lakers fan. Can exactly. <laughs> Nobody's watching these Lakers games when they were like, you know, five, eight games under 500. No one was watching them. So, yeah. like, no one's listening to your nonsense about the truth. That's, I'm just hey, I was, all right? And staying up to 1 o'clock in the morning to see them lose by double digits and see Russie launch shots off the side of the backboard from the corner. Oh, uh, miss me with it being a good signing for them. I will say, like, I, 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 I don't think it was a good signing. However, I do feel bad for his situation because he gets a lot of shit because he gets paid a lot and listen if someone wants to pay me 45 44 million i'm gonna take it <laughs> so like well he's I'm not, not gonna turn it down <laughs> no exactly. exactly he took that team that player option quick all right that mother was like as, as soon as it was re-signed day he's like yes where do i sign i'm coming back you can try to trade for me but i'm taking my money because i'm not he he is a season away from barely getting the season minimum the veteran minimum like yeah. he's that. That's where he's falling to right now. Yeah. 
maybe he'll have fun though wherever he goes next you know <laughs> all right your your next take from the hat oh boy here we go oh man this is amazing because we talked about this one pre-show and you're like i don't want to defend this nonsense oh, God. you have to defend this take the unwritten rules of baseball should be followed and enforced so no bat flips for darian no trotting about on the bases no fun if you if someone acts up you hit him with the baseball you have to defend that take go for Look, it this is the way that baseball should be it's a traditional <laughs> sport if somebody throws a strike and you, you 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 hit it out the park just round the bases that's all i'm asking like we don't need showboating you know we're barely getting out of the ways of people put, showing up like they all play for the yankees like now we got dreads in the game we got people wearing armbands <laughs> we got people wearing armbands we got people we're in uh what is it a whole bunch of different you know colors and stuff on their arms and legs and all this gear ted williams didn't have to wear any of that stuff ted williams has one of the best hit batting percentages in the history of the game and he didn't do it with all this fancy gear so i don't want to see all this bat flip stuff like bonds is not a hall of famer you guys missed out on that he was on the juice i don't want to hear sammy soso or mcguire any of those guys names like Baseball is a traditional sport. It's something that you can turn on at one o'clock in the afternoon, listen to it on the background, and you don't have to worry about any outside noise. You just want to hear, you know, Vern Lundquist say something like, strike outside. We don't need to hear people say, that one's gone, and he threw the bat into the third row. I don't need to hear any of that. This, this, Darren, you win. Like, I'm not, you win. You win. I legit spit water all over my keyboard. As soon as the dude with the dreads says, we don't need those, these dreads. Clip that, bro. Clip I lost that. My mind, oh, man. This is how this game was supposed to be played. To just take the take that's so stupid and unpopular, just run it. Just keep going with it. You just that not nailed easy. that. That shit is not easy, bro. Holy that, shit. That, that was just... amazing. Coach, I did not want to do that one. So it I was got... good, though. Oh. oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Oh, my next one. All right. I think I can roll this one. Mm -hmm. My take is that Patrick Mahomes is Ooh. not the next, the best quarterback of the next generation. It's hard to say he's the best quarterback. He's had the best coach, the best team around. It's like Travis Kelsey, probably Hall of Famer. Tyree Kill, possible Hall of Famer. Andy Reid, definitely Hall of Fame coach. He's had an amazing team. I know he's had a good run at it. But there's, there's other guys just as good biting at his feet, knocking on the door. We talked about one of them last week, Lamar Jackson, already won MVP in his second year, right? If he gets a situation around him, if he, Lamar Jackson had the team Patrick Mahomes had, they were in different situations, we'd be talking about Lamar Jackson like we talk about Patrick Mahomes. And then you got your boy in Buffalo, Josh Allen, where the hell did he come from? He's just as good. They had a, a goddamn duel in the playoffs last year. Had to go to overtime. And let me tell you this. If Patrick Mahomes hadn't got the ball first in overtime last year when it was the Bills versus the Chiefs, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Josh Allen in the Super Bowl winning Super Bowl this past year. And we're talking about Josh Allen right now, legitimately, as the best young quarterback. So, like, I get it. Patrick Mahomes was first to the scene as far as being the next greatest things right the next like tom brady the next whatever but he's just first he might not be the best and i see two guys right behind him equally as worthy of, of the praise uh, two significant things that jump out uh when it comes to patrick mahomes first he's actually i think you can put them together he is a defensive lineman and an offensive line away from having three super bowls in four years keep that in mind if d ford 
does not line up offsides, something where he had zero control over and had his team in the driver's seat for the win when Tom Brady threw that pick in, in KC, they're in the Super Bowl. Not only are they in the Super Bowl, they absolutely obliterate the Rams. Like, Goff had no idea what the hell was going to happen. Andy Reid would have done exactly what Bill Belichick would have done, but they would have scored 50 on him, not 13. So that's that's part one. Second part is the offensive line. That man was running for his life, threw the entire team on his shoulders against Tampa Bay, and did everything that he possibly could have to have them in the championship and win another championship. That's not even stats related. That is just situation. So having the best yardage, having the best touchdown to interception ratio, the you know limited amount of turnovers. I think last year was a setback when it came to turnovers because he fumbled a little bit more having to run around. But like just two situations, literally everything that he's done, two games from having three Super Bowls in four years. No other quarterback can say that. You can say that about Brady in the early 2000s, but there's no other quarterback. And you have to play the game, so I get it. But he literally could not control D. Ford lining up offsides in the game-winning interception or his offensive just, lineman getting injured before their Super Bowl. He couldn't I control that. funny you're talking about personnel, like, oh, you can't control this guy. Just tell that to Lamar Jackson. You can't control the situation around you. Again, <laughs> if you put Lamar Jackson on the Chiefs and flip, their, flip the teams, we're talking about Lamar Jackson the same way we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about the same way we're talking about Josh Allen. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes. So, like, granted. And then this is Rich coming from the Trey, Trey Lance lover who just keeps saying, dude, the situation's perfect. He's going to be great. This Patrick Mahomes had the situation. It was perfect, and it's great. In a lot of football, which everyone wants to say, the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback, if you've played the game, you understand that to be have a great quarterback, you have to have a great support system around them, not just on offense, but if your defense is, is turning the ball over and putting you, I'm sorry, if the defense isn't getting turnovers and giving up, you know, tons of yards and giving up tons of yards, you're as a quarterback, you're fucked because like they know you're going to throw the ball. So like for Patrick Mahomes, perfect situation really supported his ability. And that's not to say he's not a bad quarterback, but if you took some of these other really good guys and switch, switch the situation up, I think you're seeing the same thing. Again, it's your argument for it. Um, I don't know how the crowd is going to feel about it. I, I, I think Mahomes is better, but I had to make that. <laughs> it's it's not easy arguing against something that you believe in. <laughs> All right. This is the last one because I think we're running close on time. This yep. is a good one. This is a good one. Are you ready? This oh, is boy. one of yours that you submitted. Oh, boy. Your take is that Zion Williamson will be the biggest bust the NBA has seen in the last 10 years. Yes. So since Greg Oden. The Greg Oden effect. Not only did it actually work out in the same way where Greg Oden was drafted first and KD was second, like John Morant is is essentially the KD in the situation. He's a cheeseburger away from not playing <laughs> from not playing in the water. NBA. That. Like I love the fact that when he's on the court, he's a twenty-seven and ten guy. He needs to be on the court. Like there are already talks in in New Orleans saying that like the team is is bi's. Like, bring in another piece to surround around C.J. McCollum and, and Brandon Ingram. How is that even a thing when you had Zion Williamson with the biggest, like, team, biggest following since LeBron James? Like, he can't stay on the court and the best ability is availability. And if he gets another injury, like, he's, he's literally flirting with being the biggest bust that had the biggest hype. Granted, 
Markel Fultz, I think he was one of those, but he's done his thing in other areas. He's on the court. If you can't play, you can't produce. And I know you're going to hit me with some weak-ass argument that's going to say something about, like, Joel Embiid. Joel yes, Embiid had a, had a lingering injury that kept him out for the same reason. It wasn't one thing, then his weight led it to being another. I know he got his weight in, in like intact, but Zion Williamson is a 6'6", 300-pounder. He's not seven foot three hundred pounds getting to 280, 250. Like that frame, 6'6", is your normal 180 to 210s. He was 300 pounds. Like he's – unfortunately, he's out of shape. He takes a big beating on his body because of the way that he's so explosive. And because of that, like he's going to continue getting himself injured. Mm-hmm. And we're a year away from literally him being one of the biggest, if not the biggest bust in the last 10 years. The guy is 22 years old, 22, very young by any standard, NBA or real life. Already made one all-star team, probably the most explosive athlete we've ever seen at that build and size. And you said I was going to make a weak-ass Joel Embiid point, <laughs> and it's not a weak-ass point, it's facts. After the same amount of playing time, I think this is his fourth or third year coming up, right? This is his third year? This will be his third. This is his third year. Joel Embiid, who was a runner-up for MVP this past year, after that amount of time in Joel Embiid's first two years, he played less games than Zion Williamson. So if you look at their career side-by-side, you would probably say at that point in time, Joel Embiid is going to be a bust. Everyone thought Joel Embiid was going to be a bust, right? Because he wasn't playing. He'll never get his body right. Look at the man now carrying, carrying a team to the conference finals two years ago or the, the semifinals. This man is an MVP candidate and we're just saying Zion Williamson, the highest, you know, one of the highest graded prospects in the past 10 years. After two years, we're going to throw him away just like we threw away Joel Embiid. It's preposterous to call him a bust just in general, like not even compared to the other guys that are drafted around, drafted around him. And just as a, as a little fun name to counter all of this nonsense that I forgot, I didn't mention in the pre-show meeting that I would drop on you if I got this. Do you remember Anthony Bennett? Oh, yeah. That was was that 2010 though? I oh, am I out of the am I out of the time range? Yeah, I think he was 2010. Because he was yeah. the I mean, we could, you go, 2013. Going, I'm still oh, in this okay. with Anthony Bennett. Okay. You cannot call Zion the biggest bust after two yeah, years of being counter what you're saying though. Anthony Bennett didn't have the same expectations as Zion Williamson. He was drafted one though. You have to understand, we were talking about Zion when he was in eighth grade. We followed him literally more than they fo- than Brian Windyhorst followed LeBron James because there was no social media back when they, when LeBron was in high school. Like we followed Zion when he was beating up seventh and eighth graders in middle school because he was doing three sixty underneath the leg dunks. Like that's the pedestal that we all put him on. So the expectation behind Anthony Bennett and Zion, granted, like Jamarcus Russell may be the biggest oh bust God. of all time when it comes to sports relation. But like if if uh, Peyton Manning fell on his face, like the, the two were not the same. They did weren't. You, the, they weren't the same. Do you know what they did? The coaching staff um, at the Raiders to trick Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, with the tapes. Yes, with the tapes. I know, Being those an LSU guy, I have to deal with this shit all the time. So the coaches were suspecting that Jamarcus Russell was not watching film. And to to figure that out, because obviously they ask him, he's like, yeah, I'm watching film. 
they gave him a blank tape and said, hey, please go home and watch this. And the next day they said, hey, what was on the film? And he came up with some bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. He was bullshit. (sighs) That's amazing. But hey, hey, if you're going to be a game changer, be a game changer. He is the reason why there are rookie contract deals now. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can't give... $300 $300 million to a quarterback that oh can God. throw the ball from the 50 yard line on one knee and hit the goalpost. What do you think about uh, this last segment? Cause like you, you rode, we both rode hard for some terrible takes. I thought there was a lot of passion with the, behind the bad. Yeah. Takes. I like it. It's going to be hard to keep doing them. You know, again, Not we yet. don't do segments just for those that are watching. We don't keep wrapping up the same type of segments every week. Yeah. Different. Um, yeah so it's not going to be like, you know, takes from a cup next week. We'll probably ramp it back up in the next couple. Um, but Again, the same way that we've been talking about for everybody, whoever's listening on uh, on Apple Podcasts, Twitch, Spotify, uh, Facebook, it even looks like. So big shout out to everybody else on, the, on those platforms. Submit your takes. Submit your topics. Anything that you guys want to hear, you know, myself and, and Trudeau go over. Like, this is all – it's all for you guys. Like, the more interactions that we have, so we love and appreciate everybody that's been in the chat. Yeah. Like, this is what it's for. So we want to make this as fun as possible. Bring up a wild take. And again, it's just like, you know, whose line is it anyway? We got to figure it out. Like, that's yeah. part of the game. It ain't something that, like, we wanted. We want to make it so that, you know, it's just strictly stats. Like, no, like, this is part of the game. We want to make it fun. Trying to, trying to like, get on that first take vibe a little bit here and there. <laughs> I do say, I will say, like, we had some very good uh, viewership today. Appreciate you guys all watching on the uh, the Twitch, Apple Podcasts. I mean, not Apple Podcasts, but Twitch, Facebook. Um, I think we're also on Twitter right now. But, uh. Please, if you are watching, subscribe to the podcast. We're an Apple podcast, Spotify. If you're listening, remember, we do this thing live on Monday. So check us out. D, what's the uh, the Twitch account they got to follow? D Frizzy Frizz. D underscore Frizzy Frizz. The same thing that we follow for everything that we have. Yes, sir. All right. Well, this was fun. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Peace out.